Okay, so so again, I, I always say <laughs> Sunday morning Bemis is, is for the Navi Shir. So I, I really feel bad not uh, going back into Sefer Yeshua, but Lamaisa is Mishchai Bishel, and uh, every year it happens the same thing. Like by the time, it, you know, it's already Hamelach by Roshan, it's like, oh gosh, it's already Hamelach. So it's good to try to try to begin early to make Hachanis early. So we'll spend uh, for the next few weeks a little bit Hachanis, Yom Nerayim, Yom of Tshuva, of Chaydesh El. So the way, the way I'm thinking about this, just to explain a little bit of, of the structure. So I'm thinking that what we're going to be learning, what we're going to learn for the next few weeks is the Sugiv Tshuva. How Tshuva works, what Tshuva is. And uh, well, maybe we'll get to a, to a certain depth that, that, uh, that it's good to know about what, how Tshuva is and how Tshuva works. But the way I'm thinking about it, just to go about it, is that this week and next week will be sort of the concept. We'll explain the, the concept that we're going to be working with. And then the following week will be more of the avoida, the practical that comes from it. Okay, so, so bear with me. So today is going to be sort of an idea, but it's not fully developed until next week. So we'll go with, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. Okay, so let me begin like this. You know, one of the, the, the moments of like Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur that everyone like sort of gets into, and I personally never really, as a, young, as a kid or as a buck, I never really like, felt connected to it, is by a Nisana Taikif. So after Nisana Taikif, everyone screams out, Tshuva, Tfilan, Tzedakah, Mavir, Nisrei, Hagzeh, right? So I was thinking like, okay, so, so do Tshuva, I don't know, like the screaming Tshuva, Tfilan, Tzedakah, is like what exactly is that about? But this Indian of Tshuva, Tfilan, and Tzedakah, that's really what we're going to be focused on for the next few weeks, is what is it about those three things, and the connection between those three things, Tshuva, we understand what tshuva is. Tshuva is a powerful thing. It's an unbelievable tool that Rabbi gave us. Tefillah and tzedakah. What do they have to do with each other? How do they connect to each other? What does this tell us about tshuva? What does it tell us about tefillah? What does it tell us about tzedakah? What is this universe that's called tshuva and tefillah tzedakah? Okay, so, but slowly but surely, let, let's get into it. So, in Marmokka number one, again, there's not a lot of Marmokka in front of you, but uh, we'll start like this. In Marmokka number one, this is the, the first Rambam in Hilchas Tshuva. Okay? So, in the beginning, what we're just going to go through is a bunch of kashas, okay, a bunch of shilas. We're not going to answer them tonight, today, but uh, we'll keep in the back of the mind. Over the next few weeks, Bez Hashem, we'll get to the answers, hopefully. So, the first Rambam in Hilchas Tshuva says like this. Over here, the Rambam is just introducing us to the mitzvah of Tshuva. It's one of the 613, to do Tshuva. So, we'll see how the Rambam formulates it. It says the Rambam, Kol mitzvah Shevet Every mitzvah of Torah, bein asay, bein say, whether it's a positive mitzvah or a negative mitzvah or a prohibition, im avar adam alachas If a person violated any of them, in other words, a person did not fulfill a mitzvah that he that he was supposed to, or he got forbid violated an avera that he wasn't supposed to do, bein mizadin, bein mishgaga, whether he did it on purpose or whether he did it by accident, kishiyaset shuva v'yoshev mechetai. When the person does tshuva and returns to Hashem from that sin. So he has to say vidu, he has to verbalize the tshuva. He has to verbalize, he has to confess the avera and verbalize the process of tshuva. Shinemar, the Ramam quotes the Pasuk, Isha, Yisha, Kiyasu, if a man or woman does an avera and so on, they have to confess what they've done. This is what we call vidu, and that's one of the steps of tshuva, right? Tshuva we know is comprised of many parts, right? There's, there's harat, the person regrets what they've done, there's a zivus there's making that commitment, I'm not going to do it again, and there's vidui. 
and his vidui. So the Rambam is telling us, it's a famous opinion of the Rambam, is that the mitzvah of tshuva, in terms of 613, when you want to categorize it in 613, the mitzvah is that when you do tshuva, the mitzvah is to say vidui, to confess it and to verbalize the tshuva with your mouth. Vidui zeh mitzvah haseh, and this vidui, that's the mitzvah haseh. Kate said, Mesvadin, says the Rambam, and what does that look like? What does it mean to say vidui? Says the Rambam, Oymer, so you would say the following thing, for example, On Hashem, please Hashem, Chatosi, Avisi, Pashati, Lefenecha, I've sinned, I've messed up before you, Vasisi, Kach, Vakach, I've done this and this, you try to get as specific as possible, Vreinichamti, Ubaishli, Maasai, I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed of what, I, what I've done, I regret it, and I'm not going to do it again. So all the components of, of what tshuva is, which is, an admission within oneself of what they've done wrong, to regret it and to not want to do it again, you verbalize that, that's called vidoy, and that's the mitzvah of tshuva. V'zoi karshal tshuva, that's the main essence of what, uh, uh, of vidoy, that's the main, that's the main essence of vidoy. Listen, that's a simple sentence that you can say, the more you talk about it, the more you verbalize it, the more you express it, it's even better. That's the, that's the Rama. Okay. Two points in this Rambam, first of all, and, and, and they're both uh, well-known, I'm to point this out. <coughs> first of all, what's clear in the Rambam, at least over here, is that the Rambam does not say that there's a mitzvah to do tshuva. That's all the Rambam says. The Rambam says this, that when a person does tshuva, there's a mitzvah to say vidui. So the question number one, that again, we're not going to answer today, but the, que- the first question I'm going to ask is that that's pretty strange. If, 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 I, would, I would say, if I was the Rambam, if I'm going to count tshuva as the mitzvah, I would say the mitzvah is that when you do an aver, do tshuva. Yes, vidui, verbalizing con- the confession, that aspect of verbalizing the tshuva, that's a component of tshuva, it's a, maybe a very important part of tshuva, but tshuva itself should be a mitzvah. That's not the Rambam says. The, again, the language of the Rambam was, and the second line he says, again, person violates any one of the 613, when you do tshuva, when you decide to do tshuva, and then now you're in the process of tshuva, the mitzvah is to say vidu. So question number one is, it sounds like from the Rambam that tshuva is not an obligation, tshuva is not a mitzvah. And that's pretty strange. The mitzvah of tshuva is what? That when you voluntarily decide to do tshuva, now there's an obligation to say vidu. That's a little bit of a strange thing, tzarachi, and why is tshuva not a mitzvah? You would think tshuva is a mitzvah. The truth is other shinim. Disagree with the Rambam. Other Rishonim say, no, 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 the mitzvah is. When you do an Aver, the mitzvah is do tshuva. And of course, part of that is vidui, just like part of that is harata, and part of that is aziv sachet. But this chiddush of the Rambam, that there's no, you can't say that there's, a, you, there's a, a new obligation to do tshuva. Just when you do tshuva, there's an obligation to say vidui. That is something that needs explanation. Tshuva, which is such an important thing, something that we rely on, our life depends on it, there's no mitzvah to do it. It's like, if you do it, then this is how you do it. But there's no mitzvah to do it. So that itself is a pella. That's number one. Number two. When the Rambam describes vidui, the, again, he's not making this up. It's based on Gemara's and Yuma. But the Rambam <coughs> gave the example of what does vidui look like? What, is it, uh, what are you supposed to say? So again, three lines from the bottom. We saw this already. Kate Simesvad and says, Rambam, how do you say vidui? Oimer, you say, Ona Hashem. Please Hashem. I sinned. I feel bad. I'm not going to do it again. What is this opening line of Ona Hashem? What's clear in the Ramam is, is that the Ramam understands that the tshuva process and the verbalization of tshuva has to be done and it should be seen within the context of tefillah. That's what, that's what a person is saying. In other words, please Hashem, this is what I've done, please forgive me. 
Please forgive me. Not only is that clear in the Lashon of the Rambam, that Vidoy has to start with please Hashem, in other words, you know, sort of packaging the entire tshuva process that he's doing in the context of tefillah, but you don't have this in front of you, but for example, the Sefer HaChinuch, when he talks about the mitzvah of tshuva, so he says like the Rambam, that the mitzvah is to say Vidoy, to confess, and he says like the Rambam, that the confession has to start with on Hashem, please Hashem, so the whole confession is sort of in the context of tshuva, you're not just... You're not just confessing something, stop. You're not just admitting something to yourself or even just admitting something before Hashem. You're admitting it in the context of tefillah. You're saying, Rabbanish Shloylam, please, this is what I've done, and please forgive me. And the, the, the Chinuch actually points this out beferish, explicitly. The Chinuch says that the mitzvah of tshuva is to daven to Hashem that you should be forgiven. So it's not just a matter of, I regret it, I'm not going to do it again, and this is what I've done, and so on, and you personally move right there. Tshuva means... Tshuva means, tshuva preferably, you're spo- it's supposed to be done within the context of tefillah. You're supposed to be davening to Hashem. Your tefillah is supposed to be within the context of tefillah. You're davening to Hashem that you should be forgiven. You should daven to Hashem that your tshuva is accepted. It's not just enough to do tshuva. The tshuva has to be packaged within tefillah. <clears throat> and so the second question is why? What exactly is the connection between tshuva and tefillah? I understand that I would, it would be nice for the Rebbe to accept my tshuva, but in terms of you want to really, like halachically speaking, to identify what is the mitzvah of tshuva, why does it have to be within the context of tefillah? Like, I'm doing my thing. My thing is to do tshuva. What does tshuva mean? I regret it. I'm moving past it. I'm now a new person. And I understand there's an in of davening. Davening is a hush of a thing, right? It's one of the pillars of the world, and we certainly, it's a good thing to daven that Hashem should accept my tshuva. But why is it that the mitzvah of tshuva is that it should be, that it should be packaged within tefillah? What's this connection between tshuva and tefillah? The truth is we see more than that. Take a look at Maramukha number two. This is the Rambam also in the second parak of Hilchas Tshuva, parak Beis, Halach Adalit. The Rambam says like this, Midarki tshuva, that the way of tshuva, so knows like even when you've, even after you've done like the official technical program of harata and then zivisachet and vidu, like you've done all of the things mentioned in the first halacha, and now you just want to sort of like, you want to become a Balchuva. You want to be, you want to live a, a tshuva lifestyle. What's a tshuva lifestyle? Says the Rambam, Midarki a tshuva, a tshuva lifestyle is, Lies hashav, tzoyek tamlof nehashem. A tshuva lifestyle is that a Balchuva is always davening. That's what the Rambam says, a Balchuva is always davening. Vibchi, b'sachanunim, he's crying, he's, 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 he's beseeching Hashem. What is he beseeching Hashem for? Doesn't really say. Whatever it is, but the lifestyle of tshuva is, da, is, is to be a davar. So, 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 so again, it, it, this connection between tshuva and tefillah is, is very, very strong and very, very deep. Not only does the actual tshuva process have to be done within the, with, within the package of davening, that you should be davening and in the context of your davening you're doing tshuva, but more than that, the, the, the entire lifestyle of the bal tshuva is that now he becomes a davener. So the whole eating of, of tshuva is very much wrapped up into tefillah. And the question is why? Why is that? The truth is, I mean, this is not, this is not so foreign to us. For example, Yom Kippur, right? So Yom Kippur is the whole day of tshuva, right? But what are we doing on Yom Kippur? We're davening the whole day. And the tshuva that we do on Yom Kippur is packaged and wrapped and folded within tefillah. So it, it, it's sort of like something that we, that we live with. We've grown up with this idea that somehow tshuva and tefillah are sort of like wrapped up to each other. But we have to think about this. Why? What do they have to do with each other? If you think about it, technically speaking, what's tshuva? Tshuva is that I repent for my sin. I feel bad for what I've done. I'm moving away from it. I'm a new person. Why, like, why, is, that, why is that so bound to tefillah per se? 
That's number two. So again, question number one is why is tshuva not a mitzvah by itself? So when you voluntarily decide to do tshuva, this is the mitzvah to say vida. Why is tshuva not a mitzvah? Aleph Beis, why is tshuva and tefillah so wrapped together? Question number three. The Ramam continues in Maramukah number two. Again, let's just uh, hazard again. Midarke, tshuva, the way of tshuva, the, the lifestyle of Baal tshuva is, liyas hashav tzayik tolof Hashem, that the Baal tshuva is someone that's always davening, bebchib sachanunim. Now says the Ramam, v'aisa tzdaka kifi kaichai. And the lifestyle of Baal tshuva is also that he does tzdaka. That he's marbe, he increases his tzedakah. Tzedakah, again, it can be obviously the most you know, uh, obvious translation and expression of tzedakah is, is financial. But any time a person gives one, one themselves, that's called tzedakah, that's also part of tshuva. That's the lifestyle of tshuva. Um, now the Ramah goes on to say other things which kind of make sense. Um, obviously part of the lifestyle about tshuva is to try to avoid that thing that that he fell into, right? The mistake that, he, that he's doing tshuva from, like you want to avoid that situation. That makes sense. Umashana Shemai, also the lifestyle about tshuva is to sort of have, to take on a new identity, to sort of look at themselves differently, to change their name, so to speak. Kloimer, to say, Ani acher, that I'm a new person. I'm not the same person that did that, that event, that Maisa. Umashana Maisa, Kumutoiva, the way of about tshuva is to always to try to change his ways to better his, uh, his Avodah Hashem, better his mitzvahs, and the Ramah goes on. So those things make sense. We understand that. If you want to define, what's the lifestyle of Al-Tshuva? Yeah, the lifestyle of Al-Tshuva is someone that's always trying to reinvent himself and better his situation, growth-oriented. That all makes sense. But what, what, what needs explanation, again, going back, is why is it that the lifestyle of Al-Tshuva is to be davening, and the lifestyle of Al-Tshuva is to do tzedakah? What is, again, so we're seeing these things, tshuva, tefillah, and tzedakah. That is, these are not just random three things that we just scream out, uh, you know, because somehow they have, uh, each one has, an, has its own power. This is a yichah, this is a, this is a, uh, uh, a, a unity of, of these three inyanim. That tshuva, the shlemus of tshuva is when it's in the context of tefillah, and the way of tshuva is to be marbe b'tzedakah, is to increase tzedakah. So what does this tell us about tshuva? Like, what's going on over here? <coughs> More than that, take a look at Maramukha number three. The Ramam says, we know that, let's say, Aserasi made tshuva, right? But the, taz, the ten days between, from, Yom Kippur, from Hashanah to Yom Kippur, so they're called what I just said. They're called Aserasi made tshuva. So you would think that the avoid of those days is what? Is tshuva. And that's true. Well, that's what the Ramam says. The Ramam says, again, in Hilchus Tshuva, Perak Beis, Allah Havav, even though tshuva and davening are always good, it's always a good idea. The ten days from Yom Kippur, from Kippur, tshuva and davening are more accepted. And they're, they're accepted by their Rebbe immediately. When he's close. So this is again, the same, what we're seeing is the same connection a very strong connection between tshuva and tefillah. That these, those days of Aserasimei tshuva, says the Rambam, those are days where tshuva and tefillah are accepted. Almost to the, almost to the degree where, you, where, where the word tshuva means tefillah. And the word tefillah means tshuva. They're mamish the same, they're synonymous. Aserasimei tshuva means 10 days of tshuva and tefillah. So, I, so this, is, this is the fundamental question that, again, it's going to take some time to answer, but this connection between tshuva, tefillah, and tzedakah. Okay, number one. Fine, so now let's introduce a new idea. How does tshuva work? 
How does tshuva work? So this is an idea that I, I, I've spoken about once before, but again, so, so those that have very good memory, uh, this will be a little bit chazara. I honestly, I don't remember when I said it, so it could be a very long time ago. But, uh, and then we'll see next week, because there's something in it more. How does tshuva work? Well, okay. On, on a very simple level, from the time that we're little kids, we think of tshuva in the following way. Tshuva is, I did something bad, and my parent is upset at me, so I say, I'm sorry, and they say, okay, fine, I forgive you. Well, if that's what it was, and it was it, it, what does it mean to do an Aveira? What does it mean not to do a mitzvah? It means I did something wrong, and Hashem's upset at me. So if that's what it is, then I ask forgiveness, and Hashem says, fine, I'm Michael. In that case, then Shuvah is not the most amazing, unbelievable chiddish in the world. Okay, uh, human beings uh, are Michael each other too. Hashem is Avinu of Rachman, Hashem is compassionate, why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he be Michael? There was a famous Rishami. The Rishami says that, that they, whoever they is, they asked, the Malachim, whatever it is, they asked wisdom. Like, what should a person do if they didn't have air? And wisdom said, I don't know what to tell you. There's not much you can do. And then the Malachim asked, you know, even Torah. Torah, what, what should a person do if they, if they do an Avera? Torah says, hey, you bring a carbon, but other than that, there's really not much you can do. Until finally, they asked the Rabbani Shalom, Rabbani Shalom, what does a person do if they didn't have air? So Hashem says, oh, you do tshuva. Every person goes through that. You do something wrong, you say you're sorry, and the person forgives you. What's the big chiddush? <laughs> the answer is, is that in order to appreciate what tshuva is, we have to appreciate what, what a mitzvah is and what chas v'shalom and avera is. When a, when a person is, is confronted with, with an opportunity to do a mitzvah, right, or an isayim, not to do an Aver. Like, what's happening at that moment? What's happening at that moment? What's happening at that moment is the following thing. You know, again, it's, it's a big aside in, in Pneum Satara. I've mentioned it before, so it'll be Chazar to, to many of you, hopefully, you remember this. You know, Hashem created the world. It says in Pasuk that Hashem created the world in such a way that the world was mamish chaos. It was mamish chaos. It was, uh, it was just a heap of rubble, you know? Just mamish all over the place. And then Hashem came and Hashem said, Ye are let there be light, and let's, 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 let's organize this chaos. So we read that passing in Chomish, like, okay, that's, that, that was uh, almost 6,000 years ago, right? So that's what it was. The world was mamish crazy all over the place, mamish chaos, and the Rabbanu was Masak in the world. He, he organized things, and, and now things just move on like that. That's not how history repeats itself. Every time, every moment, Every moment that a person lives through. In truth, we know that we say this in Davin, we just said this morning, that Hashem is constantly recreating the world, which means that every moment in time that we come in contact with is in truth an entirely new universe. And that new universe that you are now being brought into at that moment is in rubble, is in chaos. Is in chaos. And your job is to be like the Rabbana Shloylam, and to be masakin, and to bring tikkun, to bring harmony and rectification, and to build that, the, that, that universe. And that's what we're doing. What does it mean? How do we build the universe? Well, we build a universe by doing Torah and mitzvahs in that moment. How do I know what type of mitzvah I'm supposed to be doing? Well, that depends on whatever the matzah is, whatever the nisayin is. So, Marshall, if I'm, if I'm you know, going uh, about my, my day, and uh, an ani passes me by and asks for some tzedakah, 
That's not just stam and opportunity. What's happening at that moment is, I am now entering a new universe. That universe of uh, 1053, whatever it is, whatever the time might be. And that universe of 1053, that universe of the moment, is a new universe. And just like the original universe started off as Toyavavayu, this moment is also starting as Toyavavayu. What is my avayda? And my avayda is to be like the Rabbani Shalom and to say, Yehi or, let there be light. How do I bring light? I bring light and harmony and truth and divinity and godliness into this chaos of that moment by doing a mitzvah. How do I know what mitzvah I'm supposed to be doing? Well, open your eyes. The Ani is asking you for, for, for tzedakah. So that means that this is what the Rabbani Shalom is saying, that this universe right now in your, in your, in your life, this universe demands you to bring tikkun and to bring God's light into it. How do you do it? By doing the mitzvah that's in front of you. What happens when a person does not do that mitzvah? By the way, it's the same thing with a mitzvah, same thing with an avera. If I'm walking, uh, I'll give an example, if I'm walking down the block, right, and I'm very, very hungry, and all of a sudden there's like a, like, you know, whatever, a non-kosher <laughs> restaurant that all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, there's a nice smell coming from it that I'm enticed to go in. Don't think of that as just like a, just an Isayan of doing something wrong. It's right to the same thing. I'm, at that moment, there's a new universe that I'm being put into. And that universe is in rubble, is in chaos. It's toy And what's my job as a Jew? To be like God, to be the shliach of the Rabbani Shalom, and to say in this moment, in this universe, ye are, let there be light. And how do I bring light to a universe? How do I rectify a universe? By Torah and mitzvahs. But how do I know what specific mitzvah I'm supposed to be doing right now? Well, guess what? <laughs> the Rebbe was telling you what to do. Not going into that McDonald's. <coughs> By me avoiding the Avera of eating Machos Asuras, that's a mitzvah of keeping kosher, and that's called rectifying, that's called building that moment. Every time a person has an opportunity to do a mitzvah, or the, the temptation to do an Avera, what's happening is that you're being put in a, in a universe, and you're being charged with the mission of building that universe. What now the question is, so what happens if you don't? What happens if you don't? What happens if the person doesn't give that tzedakah? Or what happens if, God forbid, the person uh, eats something that's not, that's not kosher? So what happened is, is that now that universe is still in rubble. So it would be nice, so the guy's like, okay, so you know what? And, and that's what happens. You know, the, uh, the, the guy refuses to give tzedakah, right? And the honey, the honey moves on. Or the person makes the mistake and goes into the non-kosher restaurant and eats non-kosher food. And then they're like, uh, you know, Rabbanu Shalom, uh, you know, I'm so sorry for that. Let me, let me go back. Well, guess what? You can't go back anymore because now it's 1054. And 1054 means there's a new universe that's in front of you. Even if you go run and find that same poor person, but that, it might be the same poor, per, poor person, but that, the moment now that you're giving tzedakah is not that moment of 1053. So now when you give tzedakah a few minutes later, it's, it, it might feel to us as if it's the same poor person, it's the same quarter out of my pocket, and I'm just fixing the situation, but you're really not. Because that mo- that n- it's a new moment, which means it's a new universe. Again, every single moment is a new universe. So that old moment that was passed by is still in rubble. And so the question is, now the question is, so how do you ever fix that? How do you ever fix that? Therefore, so, so what is tshuva? So this is the chiddush of tshuva. The chiddush of tshuva is... And I've mentioned this before. We find this in the writings of the Rashash, the great the Sfaradish Mekubal. The Rashash wrote that the Chiddush of Tshuva is, is that you literally are able to go back in time to fix those mistakes. 
The Chiddush of Tshuva is that the person rises, let me put it this way, you know, t- time machines are a fantasy, right? It's a, it's a cool thing to think about and as a kid to watch movies about, but it's not real. It's not real. No such thing. There's no such thing. And that's really what, what when the Yishalmi said that the Malachim asked, you know, Chachma and Torah, like, what should a person do? They didn't have Vera. And the, the Torah, and Torah says, I'm not sure. I don't know what to tell you. Because at the end of the day, what does it mean, what does it mean a person missed an opportunity? It means that that universe of 1053 is still in rubble. And, I, I, and what am I supposed to do? I'm not in 1053 anymore. Because the Rabbanu made the world in such a way where a human being is completely bound by time. We're bound by time. You can't, you can't transcend that. Zman is something that's mamish, unbreakable. It's unbreakable, Zman. So what's the Chiddush of Tshuva? This is the Chiddush of Tshuva. Not only is this the Chiddush of Tshuva, as Hashem, we're going to see this is what Tshuva is. We'll see. The Chiddush of Tshuva is that the Rabbanu Shalom gave us an ability to rise above time itself. When a person goes through the halachic process of tshuva, of charata, of azivis hachet, and vid, and all that stuff, that's not just another mitzvah that you're doing. When you go through that halachic process, and again, it's not a complicated one, but you go through the steps of what tshuva requires, then all of a sudden, it might look to you and feel like nothing really changed around you. But in the neshama, something very much changed, which is that your neshama is now untethered it's no longer held down and held back by time itself. And your neshama is able to revisit all those previous moments that you're doing tshuva on. And what's happening in tshuva is, is that you're literally going back to those, to those construction sites, you're going back to those moments that are in chaos, and you're going back and fixing them. So although, although that moment in time with that particular poor person, or that moment, you know, uh, and avoiding that non-kosher restaurant, those in, phys- in, in the physical world, we don't see that anymore. It's, it's gone. It's lost. But the Kiddush of Tshuva is that in the world of the Neshama, when, the person go, it, it, when, it, when, when you enter into that place that's called Tshuva, then that Tshuva is a time machine. Tshuva is literally the ability of the Neshama to go back to those places. Ar-Kadeh I've mentioned this before, that we have a, during the weeks of Shavim, which are weeks focused on Tshuva also, specifically for Anyanim of Shmir Sabris, but it's uh, Tshuva Bechlal, so we have a special tefillah from the Rashash. It's called the Aneinu of the Rashash. And over there, the Rashash, there's a whole nusach of Aneinu, of tefillah, slichas, that the Rashash composed. But over there, the Rashash says a chiddish. And he says like this. He says, every time, again, this is, you know, not for now, the details of it, but he says, every time a person does a mitzvah, and every time, again, you avoid doing an aver, like I said, you're building that universe, right? You're taking a place, a time, a moment, which is taivavayu, and you're bringing light and truth and clarity and the Rabbanu presence into that world. And so by the Mkubalim, by the Rashash, there's a whole system of Kavanas and Shemus Akdashim to have in mind whenever you do a mitzvah, because in order to deepen your connection to that divine light that you're bringing into that, into that moment. In the Rashash Zanenu, we have a Chiddush. The Rashash Zanenu is that when you're doing tshuva, you should think back to that particular mitzvah that were lost opportunity of a mitzvah or a veyer that a person committed that you're doing tshuva on, right? Think back to that and have the kavanas as if you're doing that mitzvah. So for example, uh, you know, we, we just blew shoifer this morning. It's not Rosh Hashanah, but let's say the shoifer of Rosh Hashanah. There's a whole, there's like the, the sitter of the Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah is like three volumes, you know what I'm saying? We're talking about a lot of kavanas. Let's say chas for shalom, God forbid, a person uh, didn't blow shoifer Rosh Hashanah, didn't listen to shoifer Rosh Hashanah. 
and on Yom Kippur they want to do tshuva. In the Rashash, what you would do is you do tshuva again, charata, zivusachet, vidui, and then you have all the kavanas for shayfer. What do you mean? It's I'm not blowing shayfer now. I'm just saying I'm sorry. The answer is you're not just saying you're sorry. When you say you're sorry, when you do tshuva, what's happening in the neshama is that you are returning to Rosh Hashanah. You're going back to that, that moment that you, that you missed that opportunity. And, and you're now given a, a second chance to literally bring tik into that world. You've now, again, you've disconnected yourself from the bounds of time. You're literally malam and azman. And now that your neshama is back to Rosh Hashanah, so have a kavanah of shayfer. That's what you're doing. And that's true with shayfer. It's true with any particular mitzvah or avera that a person committed. Every, mom, every mitzvah has kavanas to it. And according to Rashash, when you do tshuva, when you do tshuva, so have those kavanas because literally that's what's, that's what's happening. Take a look at Maramokah number four. Shrav Nachman writes this in his way in the Kutum Aran in Chilik Bey Simen Ayin Tes. Rav Nachman says like this, but he doesn't explain, but this is the, 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 the Kabbalistic explanation of what, what Rav Nachman is talking about. Tshuva and rising above time itself and the constraints of time, to undermine the, that, that, that system of this moment is this moment and you can't go back to it. Tshuva and nullifying time itself is the same minyan. It's the same minyan. Yoim Adam Isa Tshuva, says Rav Nachman, the day that a person does Tshuva, who Lamalam and Azman, you are in truth above time itself. Now, what's more than this, in the Rashash we find another Chiddush. See, in the Rashash we find that when a person, again, that moment that a person didn't do a mitzvah, right, or committed an Aver, it means that moment is still in rubble. Okay. In the Rashash, we find another Chiddush. And again, we're, we're going to explain this more next week. We'll see soon. But the Rashash we find is that a day that a person commits an Aver Chas Hashem, or days where, where opportunities of mitzvahs are lost. So again, then you do tshuva, you go back to those moments. But until you do tshuva, the Rashash is Mechadesh, that the tefillahs of those days are also deficient. They're also missing because of the avarice or lack of mitzvahs a person did. So, for example, so you have a, a day where a person, Shachas min chamar, vidav in Shachas min chamar. Shachas min chamar for mitzvahs, right? So that means that there's, the, the, the Shachas means that time of davin Shachas, you're building that universe of Shachas. Mincha, you're building that universe of Mincha. Mairv, building that universe of Mairv. And then a person learns, you're building that universe when you're learning. And uh, you get stucca, you're building that universe of, of giving stucca. And then a person says Lashonara. Okay. So it means a person says Lashonara means that there was a universe that could have been built and you're not. Now that doesn't affect your, your learning. It doesn't affect your tzedakah. Every, there's a big claw by the Mekobalim. What's built cannot be destroyed. What's built cannot be destroyed. What you can do is not build. You cannot build. You can leave things in rubble and you need tshuva to sort of return to them. But what's built is not going to be destroyed. But there is one thing that can be damaged, and that is the universes that are created by tefillah. The universes that are created by davening, even though they're not destroyed when a person does averis throughout that day, but the power of that universe, the light that's resonating in the universe that you are creating through your tefillah is diminished to whatever degree because of mistakes that you've done in that day. So in the Rashash, in that tefillah of Anenu, the Rashash says two things. 
that whenever a person does, does, does tshuva, really there are two components that, are, that, are, that, are, that it need to be fixed. Number one, you have to return to those construction sites that you neglected to build, whether the construction site was a moment of, of uh, Lashon Hara, whether it was a moment of not giving tzedakah, whatever the construction site was. Tshuva means untethering yourself, allowing yourself to return to that moment and to actually build it. But number two, says Rashash, what you also have to do in Shuva is to return to that day generally and be mechazek, the power of that day's davening. That's what Rashash says. Because whenever the day that a person does an Aveir Chasasham, not only is that specific moment of the day still in rubble, because you missed an opportunity, but Bechlal, the universe of tefillah that was constructed in that day, is not as powerful, is not as potent as it could have been because of that particular there. And that's the, and, and, and according to Rashash, this is what's going on. Whenever you do tshuva, two things are happening. Again, you go through the process of tshuva, you know, of charata, the halachic procedure of tshuva, but what's happening in the neshama, what's happening in the neshama is that you're returning to that day. And what are you doing in that day? Number one, you're building that construction site that you neglected to do at that time. And number two, you're being mechazek and, and increasing the voltage of that day's tefillah b'chlam. Because whenever you have a day and there were some missed opportunities in terms of some construction sites that you passed on that day, not only are those construction sites still in rubble, but b'chlal, the, the, even the, the buildings that you've, that you've created that day of Shachis Minchamayev are also not as, not as geshmak, they're not as powerful as they, as they could have been. So says the Rashash, this is what Shuva is. What Shuva is, number one, it's untethering yourself from time itself. You are now, you are now becoming Lamal Azman. Your Neshama is now free to travel through time and space. And what is it doing then? It's doing two things. It has to return to that day that the Avera, where the, the missed mitzvah took place. And what is it doing in that day? Two things. It's going back to that moment and building that construction site that it should have done at that time, number one. And number two, it's, 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 it's giving a new paint job to the construction site, to the, to the buildings that you've built on that day of Shachas Minchamayr. Because this is what, 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 what Navera does. What Navera does, or a lack of a mitzvah, when a person is violates one of the 613, two things take place. Number one, that moment is still in rubble. And number two, that day is davening, it's not as powerful as it could have been. Those are the two those are the two repercussions that come with not seizing the, the opportunity of the moment. And shuva repairs both. Shuva means to be, again, like I said, to be no longer bound by time. So you're able to return to that day. And what are you doing in that day? Fixing those mistakes. Number one, building that specific construction site of that moment of Lush and Har, whatever the case may be. Number one. Number two, and giving a better paint job to the buildings of Shachas Min Chamarev on that day, which was damaged because of that particular event. Mm. That's what we find in the Tefillah of Aneinu of the Rashad. Mm. And that's what we find in his, in his Slichas. He says, when you do tshuva, have the kavanas of that particular mitzvah that you, could, that you should have done. And number two, have kavanas to be mechazik and to, and to uh, again, uh, you know, sort of, sort of repair a little bit the damage done to that tefillah of that particular day. With this, we could begin to understand a little bit why tshuva and tefillah are so bound to each other. Like, why does tshuva have to be done within the context of tefillah, right? We started, we saw that from the Rambam, right? That vidu yes tshuva is on Hashem, please Hashem. It's in the context of tefillah. 
The way of the Baal Tshuva is to be a mispalo. Why? Like, what does that do to anything? Like, the, guy, the, the, the guy was a big davener. He never missed a minion. He never missed a minion in his life. His Indian is, he speaks Lashonara. And that's what he's doing Tshuvan. So see, he's doing Tshuvan Lashonara. So he has to be Mechazek as davening. What does davening do with, with, with the Tshuva that he's doing? I understand. If he's doing Tshuvan on, on davening, if he doesn't daven and he's doing Tshuvan that, I understand. He has to be Mechazek davening. But if he's not doing Tshuvan on davening, he's doing Tshuvan on, on other things, why does he have to strengthen his davening? The answer is, according to Rashash, of course you have to strengthen your davening. Because what you're trying to do with tshuva is two things. What you're trying to do is fix that particular moment in time that, you, that, that remains in rubble because of that sin. But number two, you also have to, have to be mechazek, this, the infrastructure of, of tefillah that day, which was also damaged by that sin. And so they're bound to each other. Now let, let me, let me, let me get mamish for a couple more minutes to be mamik a little bit more. This Indian of tshuva, this Indian of tshuva, which sort of allows the neshama to sort of, you know, get out of the prison of time itself. This is not, this is not a, a, a like a sort of a side effect. It's not a side, this is not a, a secondary thing that they're, okay, it's an amazing thing that, you know, you have to fix that mistake that took place 10 years ago. How are you supposed to go there? So, okay, Zechidah Hashem allows the neshama to go back 10 years. <laughs> This, this inion of a person being bound, and this, Bezashem, next week we're going to understand this more, but now just for a few minutes just to open the concept. This idea of, of a human being being stuck in time versus a human being being freed and being allowed to travel through time, this itself is a difference between an Avera and a Mitzvah. The very definition of an Avera is, is that you're more bound to time. And the very definition of tshuva, which is fixing an Avera, is to be less connected to time, to be able to be more freed of time. Let me give you an example. This is going to sound a little bit strange, but probably not the, you know, you're used to that already. So it's like this. Every single day, in the according to the Kisveri, according to Arizal, every single day, Shachas Minchamayrev, Shachas Minchamayrev, we're traveling through We're building an infrastructure. We're building an infrastructure. Every single tefillah. Every single tefillah. And the Rashash, we find the following, and the, and the reason we find the following idea, that if you take, let's say, take the Tkufa of Rosh Hashanah through Sukkot, the, the whole Yantav period, from Rosh Hashanah to Simchas Torah, the whole, the whole Tkufa, according to the Rizal, that is really you might not feel like it, but really that's one long Shmanasrei. What we accomplish every single day in Shmanasrei, by, by, by this tkuf, the Tkuf of Tishrei from Rosh Hashanah till Sukkot, it takes three weeks to do. And this is what we find in the Kisviari, is that Rosh Hashanah is really a 48-hour period of one particular word of Shmanasrei, that's the word Biahava. And Aser Simei Tshuva and Yom Kippur is also... Melch Eizer, Mashiach Magen, just over 10 days. And all the way to Simchas Torah, that's Sim Shalom. There is, there, there is always, was Megal such a thing, is that on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, on Rosh Hashanah through Sukkot, what usually takes, you know, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever, 3 minutes, whatever you, however long Yishman Esri is, what usually takes just a moment, a few minutes, 
Rosh Hashanah through Sukkot takes weeks. What's Pshat? So the Rizal said like this. The Rizal said that when Adam and Chava sinned, when Adam and Chava sinned, that damaged, it brought damage to certain, to certain, to certain times. There are certain days that were more damaged by that sin. And the Rizal said that the Tukufa of Rosh Hashanah through Sukkot, for whatever reason, that's, that's when Adam and Chava sinned. They, 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 they sinned on Rosh Hashanah, right? That was when they were created on the sixth day of creation. That's Rosh Hashanah. That kufa from Rosh Hashanah until Sukkot was majorly damaged by that sin of Adam and Chava, more so than Kislev, and more than Tevis, and more than Shvat and Adar. That kufa from Rosh Hashanah to Sukkot was incredibly damaged by that sin. And as a result of that, said Darizal, that's why we have so much Avaidas during this time, because uh, it's, it's such a big Avaida to fix that mistake. So we have Shaifer and Yom Kippur and Sukkot, Mamash, all these Avaidas to do to try to fix that mistake of Adam and Chava. But said the reason, but what, look at this. As a result of that sin, what happened? Time became schlepped on. The human being became more bound and more, and more stuck in time. What usually could have taken just a few minutes, now as a result of the sin of Eitz takes a few weeks. What you see is that, that Averis itself, sin itself, is not just something that happens. What sin is, is that it's, Sin means that the soul of a Jew is becoming more stuck and more slowed down and more imprisoned in time itself. That's what Navera is. Vaharaya, that's why from Rosh Hashanah through Sukkot, what usually takes a few minutes, now is Mamish being schlepped, off, schlepped on in three weeks. And that's the result of the Chet Yitzhadas. Because sin itself means that a soul is now bound even more so to time. So what is tshuva? Tshuva is not only like a nice aspect of tshuva is that we're freed from time and we can sort of travel back. That is tshuva. Tshuva, what we're saying right now is we're redefining what sin means and we're redefining what tshuva means. What a sin means is that a neshama is more stuck in time and what tshuva means is that a neshama is freed of time. Becomes l'mam and azman. That is, that's, not just a, that's not just a side effect of an Avera and a benefit of tshuva. Does, that, is, that is what tshuva is. And that's, that is what an Avera is. This is the oymik of what Rav Nachman is saying. Is, tshuva and being above time. So he says, that's one inyan. In other words, it's not only that in order for tshuva to work, you have to be freed of time and you have to be able to, to return back to that moment. That is what tshuva is. This is why, by the way, going back, this is why, why is it? Why is it that when a person does an Avera, what's damaged is the tefillah of that day? Why is the tefillah damaged in that day? It, my, when I do an Avera, it doesn't affect my learning. It doesn't affect other mitzvahs that I've done. It only affects the davening of that day. that said the Rashash, now that you do tshuva, you have to be, even if you're doing tshuva about Lajanara, you have to be mechazik your davening. Because any Avera that a person does, it's damaging your tefillah. Why is it damaging tefillah? The answer is, what does Chazal, what does Chazal say about tefillah? Chazal, when they compare Torah and tefillah, what, what is the term that Chazal used to describe tefillah? Tefillah is chayisha. Tefillah means the avoid of time. There's nothing, more that's, there's nothing more deeply connected to time than, than tefillah. If you go to a non-Jew, like we're used to our little world, I should say our little world, because our, our world is, is, is really the only world that exists, but our little universe, you know, we don't even appreciate how, how deeply we're connected to time. You go to a shul, and what time is Mincha? 
That doesn't shock us. Yeah, Mincha 7.52. What time is Shkia? 8.46. By the Goyim? Such a th- 8.46. What are you talking about? 8.46. Uh, <laughs> round up, round down. We're so deeply connected to time. But time is mostly connected to Tefillah. Zman and Tefillah, Zman Kriyashima. Your entire day and your entire schedule in terms of the clock is revolving around Tefillah. Learning, not learning is whenever you learn whatever you learn. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, certain mitzvahs, we have mitzvahs that are, that, that are time bound, but even mitzvahs that are time bound are usually not so, not so tight. Tefillah and everything connected to tefillah is mamish tight. Why? Because tefillahs are mitzvahs, they're construction sites that are deeply connected to that Indian that's called zman, which we'll speak about Bez Hashem next week, what that means exactly. But we see that again, zman and tefillah are deeply connected to each other. Since an Avera, said that result is what? What an Avera is, is that you're giving power to Zman. You're giving power to Zman. So, so, of course, what's going to be damaged by that are mitzvahs that are trying to elevate Zman. So, Adafka Zmanim Dike mitzvahs, which are tefillah, are going to be most damaged by any Avera. Because all Averas, on some level, are, 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 are making yourself more of a prisoner in Zman. And since tefillah, are, is, a, is a mitzvah that's time-bound, that's specifically connected to Zman. But again, the idea of tefillah is to sort of fix Zman and to elevate Zman, to repair it. But an Avera means that you're giving more power to Zman, you're imprisoning yourself more to Zman. So the one thing that's going to be always damaged is tefillah. And so this is the Yisai that we're taking away with today. And I know this doesn't make any sense yet. So you have to bear with me. You're going to have to come back next week, okay? But, or at least listen, whatever, you know, or watch it, whatever it is. But the, the Chiddush that comes out from, from today is the following aside. Is that instead of thinking of an Avera as a sin, and I did something wrong, and it happens to be I did it at uh, 11.02, or whatever the time is. The definition of Avera means that I am now more imprisoned in Zman. I am now more imprisoned in time itself. And what could, and, 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 and like by Adam and Chava, what could have happened in a few moments because of that cataclysmic sin of, Adam, of, of the Yitzhadas, now it takes weeks. So Avera means more, more stuck in the mud, more stuck in time. Tshuva means to be freed from Zman. And of course, now that I'm freed from Zman, I could go back, I could go forward, I, I could go all over wherever I want, I could fix that construction site. And this is what, the, and because, because Averis mean to be more stuck in Zman, so every Avera is going to damage Tefillah, which is a mitzvah that's, that's connected to Zman. Because that's the domain, that's the universe that's ultimately being damaged when it comes to Averis, is that domain that's called, that's called Zman. Is this connected to Tadikim and Yidim who hold a different Zman Tefillah? That's exactly what we're going to get there. But that's exactly it. There, it's not... Okay, the, the way the Baal Shem, the holding of the Baal Shem, which is Hafatzah's Mayonis, paving the way for Geula, Geula comes with Tshuva. So Tarsa Baal Shem, which is about, which is about inspiring the world and bringing the world that much closer to Tshuva, is automatically going to bring with it a very strong sense of Lamal Menazmat. Because that's exactly what Tshuva means. Tshuva is to be Lamal Menazmat. Not just, again, not just as a side benefit, it's a, that is what, shuva, that what an Avera means to be more stuck in Zman. Shuva means to be Laman And so the tzaddikim that are involved in bringing the whole world to Shuva from the world of the Baal Shem, they're specifically going to be Laman Now, the problem is, what about, uh, 
you know, the guy that's doing all the virus, and he's a mom and his mom comes to his mom and So that's, that's Adra, that's being pagan. But, uh, I think it was supposed to be called the one-time Baal Yeah, that was one of the, one of the possibilities, you know. Didn't, uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't stick. It didn't stick. It didn't stick. That, but even a chassid, even the term chassid, one of the definitions of chassid is someone that's l'fnim ishur sadin. I mean, din means constraint. Din means man. So even the word chassid really means l'mal man azman. That's really what it means. But that's what we're going to see again. So this is all, again, the concept. Because show next week, we'll have, what, we, what we still have to figure out next week is, like, what's so bad about Zman? Like, why is Zman, all of a sudden, Zman is the bad guy? Averis means, Zman means uh, Averis. Lamal means Zman means, uh, means good. Uh, why is Zman so bad all of a sudden? So that's Bez Hashem. Next week, we're going to learn some Vilna Gain, and the Gain is going to help us to explain Rav Nachman, and uh, we'll take it from there. All right, yeah,